for me, I'm a pastor and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Life is beautiful and life is sacred. We believe that here at the Church Next Store. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson. This is your next step that you're listening to. And Pastor Doyle, a couple of months ago, we had somebody with us talking about the sacredness of life. Yeah, we Jennifer and I sat down with Amy Garner, and, and Amy is a friend of Jennifer's, and um, over time, we've really gotten to know her and how much she loves God. And what I love about Amy is just her level of honesty. She's She was willing to, to go back to a dark place in her life, a, a time when she decided she could kind of put the pause on God and, and live separate from him. And uh, it, it brought her life crashing down. And then God stepped into her pain and through her repentance and the forgiveness of God and, and through his goodness, she has been restored. And, and that's why I love her story. It's, it's beautiful. And so we want you to hear it today. We're going to interview her. Um, I, can I just say this? You really ought to invite someone to listen to yeah. this with you because so many people want to be a part of this and it's a podcast as well as a broadcast and and you can do that again. So any podcasting platform is out there. But what I love about Amy is she's going to talk about the the pain and the sorrow that she's experienced. And so many women have come to me, to Jennifer, and they've said, thank you for being brave and, and sharing yeah. Amy's story with us. We needed that encouragement for us to get the healing we need. And I was there, and I was blessed uh, to hear this interview. And it wasn't, hey, we're going to bash on uh, a certain group oh, no, of people. Who have no, a we want to help. Yeah. We want to help people across every aisle on this. And you know what? A lot of men are like, wow. I, I had no idea. I needed to hear this, and I was the well, guy that drove somebody there. Exactly. That's what we've been finding out is she, the guys that need help. She said 70% of ladies who make this decision are influenced by a, a man. That's right. So, you know, men need to hear this as well. So we're glad that you're here on Your Next Step. You're going to really be blessed by this interview with Amy Garner. So you can tell uh, by the twang that I'm from Texas. I was raised on a dirt ranch. Do you have any idea what a dirt ranch is? I don't, no. but it's got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like a farm. Um, so if you have a farm around here, people ask you what you grow or produce, right? Yep. So it's probably the same thing in Texas. If you say you have a ranch, they're going to ask you what kind of cattle you might uh. raise, that sort of thing. But if you have a dirt ranch, that means we don't produce anything, just the dirt it's on. Oh, so wow. we ranch for fun. Okay. So I grew up riding horses. Um, I grew up... Uh, sleeping in haylofts and, and climbing trees and all the things. It was an incredible childhood uh, with two incredible parents. Church was very much a part of my life. I went to vacation Bible school, probably much like many of you. Yeah. And um, I, rem- I have precious memories of the dish towel on my head, walking around the walls of Jericho with a kazoo in my hand. <laughs> That's right. You then, know there were kazoos in ancient Israel. <laughs> that there were. Uh, uh, according to every children's VBS and, and, and children's ministry throughout America for the past 50 years. 
As I grew up, I went to stay away camp, sleep away camp, uh, like everybody else. And it was after camp uh, one year when I was 12 that I just uh, wanted to make Jesus Lord of my life, mm. gave him my life. Uh, came home, told my parents I wanted to be baptized, and I was baptized shortly, a few weeks before my 13th birthday. Then I grew up, and I went off to college. I wanted to be a missionary. I was a double major in Bible and nursing, because that was the way for women to go into the mission field at that time. And my life was kind of sent into a tailspin when I experienced sexual assault. Mm. I began drinking a lot to numb the pain, flunked out of school because I didn't want to walk past the quad, developed an eating disorder, ended up back uh, at a different um, university, a couple different universities before it was all said and done. By this point, um, the drinking was pretty heavy. Then I was sitting in my apartment on a Thursday night, and the voice in my head said, go get a pregnancy test. And I thought, no way, go get a pregnancy test. So I went, I got the test, I came back, I took it, it was positive. Oh, wow. I went back, I got two more, I came back, I took them. I had three positive pregnancy tests in front of me. I will be honest, um, I was not rationalizing very well at that time. I had not uh, received any kind of help for the sexual trauma. And it did not take me long um, to realize I can't do this. That was just my first thought. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Mm. The amount of fear that you feel in that moment is excruciating. Having no support, not realizing uh, that no intervention piece and, and not knowing how I was going to do it. I tell people, you know, I think there's something in all of us that would like to think that maybe if we were Eve, this thing might have turned out a little bit different. That's right. Like maybe we would have lasted a little bit longer, but I know that's not true. Amy, did you tell your parents or a friend or anyone at college? No, um, I had um, something happen at college that kind of shut that support system down for me. So I didn't feel like I could go and express that to my parents. Um, so I had a friend um, and she had had abortion herself. And so she was the one who kind of was like, I'll take you to the clinic. And I guess she kind of guided me a little bit through the process. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Satan plants that seed in your head pretty fast. Um, and you think that that's going to solve every problem because that's what the world tells us, that yeah. it'll solve all your problems, that you'll get to go back to normal and everything will, your life will just return uh, to normal and everything will be okay. So how long from the time that you took those three tests until you walked into the clinic? Was this just a matter of days? Or, I mean, did you think about it for weeks? Or No. On Thursday night, I took the pregnancy test. I got up the next morning, a Friday morning. I made the appointment for Saturday morning. I did not give myself time or permission to think about it. And I went in and did it. Mm -hmm. The nurse gave me the ultrasound. And um, at the end of the ultrasound, she looked at me and said, how did you know you're pregnant? And I said, what do you mean? the pregnancy test said positive. She said, there's no way it should read positive. You haven't even missed a period yet. Hmm. And I said, well, it did. And, and she said, well, we don't really have a gestational age for you. So she just wrote one week on my paperwork. Oh, and wow. she said, it's just a clump of cells. Oh my. Hmm. So I went back, 
I did the procedure and I woke up in the recovery room. And the recovery room is one of those things that they don't talk about. We were all crying in the, in the recovery room. Uh, there wasn't a young girl that wasn't crying. The realization hits you. And I began to sob uncontrollably at the realization of what I had done. A nurse came over and she said, um, you can stop crying now, it's over. But I am so unbelievably grateful that my God did not consider it over. In that moment, Satan began to convince me that God would never want me now, that I was beyond the grace, uh, that there, this was the unforgivable sin. It's what we all think. Every mm -hmm. single one of us think it's the unforgivable sin, and we are so unbelievably convinced that there is no way back. And so um, the drinking started even more. The negative narrative in your mind calling you the monster, the murderer begins. And the only thing that could silence it was alcohol. So I pretty much drowned myself in it. Self-loathing, self-hate turned to self-harm. I began cutting and became almost instantaneously suicidal. Oh my. You said that the suicidal thoughts, you realize now that that was a spiritual battle? Yes, the night that I came the closest to taking my own life, there were countless nights. I can't even count how many nights I would sit in the bathroom with a knife or a razor blade and a bottle of wine. But the night that I think I came the absolute closest was the night that he taught me that this is indeed a spiritual battle. I was so drunk that I couldn't walk. The room was spinning so fast. I was nauseous. Um, I crawled on all fours into the kitchen, surprised that I hadn't already passed out, because usually as much as I'd had to drink, that would have done it. I dug a knife out of the drawer, and in that moment, I prayed a prayer unlike any prayer I have ever prayed up until that point. And I cried out to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know if you've got anybody fighting for me, and I don't even know if I'm worth fighting for. But if you do, would you strengthen them? Because I don't think I'm going to make it. And I don't think I'm going to see mourning. And I prayed that prayer for probably, I don't know, three or four minutes, maybe, sobbing. And when I opened my eyes, I was completely sober. Wow. I have no explanation, none whatsoever. I have no idea how he did it. All I know is that I was in my right mind, that I got up and I poured all the alcohol out of the house, and I went into the living room, and I got on my hands and knees, and I began to fight this fight like the spiritual battle that it is. Hmm. So just a second. You prayed that you don't know. You said, God, I don't know if there's anybody fighting for me. So who do you think was fighting for you? Angel armies, okay. absolutely. But what if, what if we would take some of that on as Christians? What if we would begin to pray uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit for women and men that are out there that are 
doing that. Because see, that's never even that's never even occurred to me that I would need to get on my knees and pray for somebody that's tonight going for a battle for their soul and their life because they've been through that experience, that trauma that you've been through. And for me, that's a, that's a powerful idea that we can enter into that realm. And yeah, it'll unleash the, the angels. That's the prayers of the righteous, isn't it? That's right. You know, my dad talks about, he knows that he had a great grandmother that was praying for him. That's how he came to know Christ. And when I talk to people, most people have somebody, they, they find out later, they figure out, oh, wow. Yeah, I've been praying for you for years, and that's what's turned the corner uh, in their life. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us, you're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. So we're glad that you're here on Your Next Step. You're going to really be blessed by this interview with Amy Gardner. Prayers are powerful. Yes, they are. They are powerful. And and we know through Scripture that when we engage in the Spirit and the Word, that we engage in the spiritual realm. That's right. And so absolutely, I believe that we need everyone to pray. We need all of us just storming the throne of grace, right? That's right. Because when we pray, heaven moves. Yeah. So was this the beginning of a healing journey, or was it one step forward, two steps back? This was the beginning of the healing journey for me. This is kind of when I guess I turned the corner, if you will, um, because up until this point, I was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And did not feel worthy to call on his name, did not feel worthy to bear his name. Yeah. And no one mentored you through that. Did you, did you get a mentor at this point in your journey? How did you begin the healing process after that prayer? Well, I met my husband. Oh. And um, 
we met, I'm going to tell you the truth, we met in a bar, and that was my natural habitat. He was only there to get his car back. He had loaned his car to a friend. <laughs> and so his friend was in the same bar, and he calls his friend asking for his car back, and he's like, don't drive my car drunk. I'm coming to get it. And yeah, so, that's a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> so he walks up there into the bar, and he sees me, and he will even tell you this day, it's like a God moment. He doesn't know why he walked up and introduced himself. He just did. And I'm thinking, wow, this is different. He's sober. Okay. Um, and so he asked me out on a date, and we went out. We sat down on that very first date, and he started talking about Jesus. And he was asking me all the perfunctory questions, you know. And to his surprise, he wasn't, he wasn't sounding surprised at my answers. And at some point in the conversation, he realized there was something wrong. And there was something wrong with my doctrine. And so he just kind of stopped and he looked at me and said, Amy, when you die, are you going to heaven? And I said, no, 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 I'm not. He said, wait a minute, you believe in Jesus? I said, yes. He goes, you gave him your life when you were 12. I said, yes. He said, what's changed, Amy? And I got these big tears in my eyes and said, the things I've done, the things I've done. And without skipping a beat, he said, oh, Amy, that's not how Jesus works. That's not how Jesus works. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love it. So this was the beginning of many dates. <laughs> it was. We discussed theology on every single date, and I used to study for my dates. <laughs> like he would... <laughs> way I did to go, too, by Amy. the way. We have more in common than you think. <laughs> she used to write me, and I would send her back... Uh, Bible, Bible studies in Bible the mail. Bible studies to do. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We good. would sit and discuss theology for three years, and then we, then we got married. And how many years have you been married? 26. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and you have twins. Yes, we do. A boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. You know, God redeemed a lot in your life. Let's talk about the healing process. Let's talk about what does healing look like, feel like. I mean, tell us about it. For me... Um, I started the process of understanding that I needed to fight spiritually, understanding that I needed to dig into his word. Like we uh, discussed earlier today, there was no such thing as abortion recovery at that time. There wasn't mm -hmm. a class that I could take. Nobody was talking about it. The church wasn't talking about it. Uh, and so he just kind of led me to start digging into his word as he began to rebuild that doctrine that had been twisted by the trauma. But still, even through this, cause, so I was having regular morning time, I was having uh, just a, a growing relationship with the Lord, but even at this time, there was still one sin that I could not bring to Him. Hmm. I could bring Him everything else, but this one sin was too bad, too dirty, the unforgivable. And I think there was a voice in the back of my mind that every time I would think about it, that voice would say, but what if He says no? Wow. And so... I was so afraid to ask that I think it almost turned into a prideful thing that suddenly I, I started to say, I'm never going to ask because that's going to protect me, right? I'm never going to ask. I'm going to carry this one to my grave and I'm never going to ask for forgiveness. And that's when the spiritual storm started and it began to rage. My husband and I tried to have children and we couldn't. We spent um, probably a couple years trying, uh, and then we went to infertility. We had all the tests ran, 
him and I both, and I'll never forget the doctor walking in the door. And he was like, Mr. and Mrs. Garner, there's no medical reason why you two cannot conceive. He thought we'd be pregnant in a month. And a year later, he would sound baffled as he pushed a brochure of adoption across the table to me and said, there's some things we just don't know. But I think I knew. Because during that entire process, if you know anything about infertility, you get six tries, basically. I'd had five negatives. So negative after negative result, as I was going through this healing process, the storm was raging inside, and I would hear the Holy Spirit whisper, ask. I couldn't do it. Ask. Ask to be a mother? I, I can't ask to be a mother. I don't deserve to be a mother. Ask for forgiveness? What if he says no? And so this went on and on. Ask, Amy, ask, as the storm just raged. It almost felt like having your skin inside out. Anything would make me cry. Anything uh, would just send me into um, just despair because I was so afraid, if that makes any sense. Until the day I sat in the doctor's office the very last, uh, it was the fifth negative result. And at this point, I had stopped asking my husband to take off work. I just knew it was going to be a negative result, and I was just going to try and handle it myself. And the doctor said, there's some things we just don't understand. We don't have much hope. But we'll try this next round, and we'll see what happens. I thanked him, and I walked out. My husband called me and said, do you want to meet for dinner? And I said, Sure. And so we met at a restaurant. We came in two separate cars. And I got out and began to walk into the restaurant, and a pregnant woman comes walking in because, mm. you know, when yeah. you're trying to have children. Everyone looks that, pregnant. That's right. And so I can remember saying to myself, Lord, if you have any mercy, please do not sit her near me because I can't do this today. I was so raw. And within 30 seconds of the hostess sitting us down, she was sitting straight in front of me, <laughs> like profile, straight <laughs> in front of me. Wow. And I broke. And I started crying, and I couldn't stop. I said, honey, I got to go. I got in my car and started driving home. It was a very short distance, but I began crying out to the Lord, like, why? Why all of this pain? Why? And again, the Spirit said, ask. And I said, okay, if you want this sin, take it. It's yours. And in that instant, it felt like that 50-pound weight just lifting. And the storm that was raging in me just silenced. And I realized I was experiencing peace for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And, and I think of all the people right now that right now are where you were for that 10 years, and they just can't ask God to forgive them. They can't ask God to give them a child or give them the next step in their life. They, they're just not ready. So what would you say to them right now? Well, Anything? Why don't we actually stop and pause and ask? Okay. Would you want to pray that with us? There's somebody that wants to ask God right now. I think we should just stop and pray. Sure, absolutely. Father God, Lord, I just pray for every woman, every man who is listening. Lord, you know where they are. 
You know the ones that are hurting. They are your sons. They are your daughters. You are pursuing them with a relentless love. Yes. Father, I ask that you just create safety for them. Oh, make the cross a safe place for all sinners, Lord. For it is the safest place we can possibly be. So I ask, uh, Lord, that you just give each woman, each man who needs you the courage the courage to ask for forgiveness because it's an assurance. It's already paid. You've already forgiven. You've already paid the price. It's just there, Lord, to receive. So we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son, for the finished work of the cross that cannot be undone, for a spirit that cannot be stopped, Lord, for the heart of a father that takes off running for a prodigal. That is who you are. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, I just ask that you be with every man and every woman who needs you today, who is hearing this, Lord, and give them the courage to ask, knowing that they will indeed receive, for who you set free is free. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Doyle and Jennifer Jackson interview Amy Garner. Pastor Doyle, so many people yeah. were touched by this interview. While it was happening, there was a, a lady there in the back of our sanctuary. I could tell that she was very emotional, touched by what she was hearing. I went and got a lady to come and speak with her. She's joined a small group here at the church. She's become a part of our family. That's really what we're hoping to do, isn't it? We're not trying to beat people down. We're trying to lift people up. Oh, no. I mean, that's why Jesus, you know, Jesus was always accused of hanging out with the wrong crowd. But he was there, he said, because they needed a physician. They needed healing. And the church next door, one of our our dreams is to bring healing and life to people. And so, yes, uh, Amy shared her story because she wants other people to know that there's hope, there's freedom, there's uh, forgiveness. Uh, on the other side of no matter what you've done. And so sometimes what we've been a part of, it so wounds us so deeply that that we just want to pull back. Mm -hmm. And um, we understand that. And so we try to give people a safe space to really experience the hope of God. And so Amy helped us and we've we've launched some ministry, uh, some small groups to help with this. And if people want to be a part of it, they just need to let us know we want to help you. We don't want to just talk about it. Yeah, the group that she started is still going on. It's ladies only right now. We're hoping to expand it to expand it to men soon. Uh, if you would like to be a part of that, you can email us at pastor p a s t o r at t c n d. That's just the church next door dot org. Again, that's pastor at t c n d dot org. Let us know that you're interested in this kind of healing, and we will get you connected. You will be blessed if you do. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 
1-800-242-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.